All right, Jerusalem, good morning, good morning. Let us begin, begin by thanking all of our sponsors for this morning. Share to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Cheshvan. Stephen Tarizin for dedicating the Shurim this month, in memory of Steve's father, Bunim Tzvi Ben Chaim, Leah Soul as a schus for Shalima for her daughter. Ilana Bas Esther, and for all the wounded of Eretz Yisrael, Yonasan and Rachel Wolf, for a complete and lasting refuah, for a fall Yitzchak Baruch Ben Esther, Jerry and Sarah Wolaski, and Eschoser Afoshlema for Zachariah Dov Ben Peral Shira, Azriel and Iris Miller. Second song. Azriel and Iris Miller in the schus of the Holy Soldiers of the IDF and the merit of our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael. We thank all of our Talmud Torah sponsors for their incredible generosity. And I will say with that, let us, let us begin. Okay, not sure what's not working. Okay. All right, I will say good morning. So today's daf is Ayin Zayin, 77. And we are picking up in Meretz Hashem at the Mishnah, top of Ayin Zayin. So obviously we are completing actually today, um, yeah, today, today, tomorrow, really tomorrow. Today and tomorrow, Mir Hashem will round out the sugya of Yichus, of ultimately genealogy. So the Mishnah says as follows, Bas Zachar Minakuna, the daughter of a male Zachar, sorry, daughter of a male Zachar, got it, right, the daughter of a male Chalol. So I will say, so remember again, remember again, we have just a typical case, uh, not so well, it's typical for us now as holding in the sugya, not so typical. Koi marries a grusha, they have a son, let's call that son Reuven. So Reuven is a chalal. So what's the halacha? The daughter of a chalal is possible for kahuna. So in other words, the chalalos, the chalalos is passed down through the father. And the Mishnah says the Olam. That is there forever. Yisrael shenasa chalala, bitok ksher lekuhuna. On the other hand, if a Yisrael marries a chalala, their daughter is ksher lekuhuna. So we'll say, so this is a very important distinction. Chalalos is passed down through the father, not through the mother. So if halal chalamayi said the father is a chalal, then ultimately, again, his daughter, his son, is certainly a chalal as well, but his daughter is prohibited to marry to the kuhuna. On the other hand, if halal chalamayi said, a Yisrael marries a Chalala, their daughter is totally fit to marry into the Kuna. Chalal shenasa bas Yisrael bitapsula. So if a Chalal goes ahead and marries a bas Yisrael, their daughter is unfit for the Kuna. Rabbi Yehuda Omer bas ger zacher kebas Chalal zacher. Rabbi Yehuda says the daughter, right, the daughter of a male ger is just like the daughter of a male of a male Chalal. Meaning the same way that the daughter of a Chalal can't marry into the Kuna. So the daughter of a ger can't marry into the kuna as well. That's Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov says, Yisrael shenasa giyores bitok sheira. Rabbi Eliezer says that if a Yisrael marries a giyores, their daughter is permitted into the kuna, ksher the kuna. The ger shenasa bas Yisrael, ksher the kuna. So we'll say it's interesting. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov holds like this. So we'll say here's what we have. So by chalal, by chalal, chalal was passed down by the father. So if the father is a chalal, then ultimately the daughter is not permitted to, not permitted to marry into the kuhuna. Mother is a chalala, and she marries a Yisrael. Daughter is totally fine. Rabbi Yehuda essentially equates a ger with a chalal. With a chalal. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov says something very interesting. Yaakov says, as long, when it comes to gerin, as long as one of the parents is a natural born Jew, then ultimately, again, the offspring is permitted to marry into the kahuna. We'll say first wide line, but if a ger married a giores, meaning in this case, both parents are gerim, then bito psula 
ultimately, again, then the daughter is not permitted to marry into the kuna. This is true with the ger, this is true with an evad meshukhrar. Even until gener- 10 generations. I will say we spoke about the 10 generation concept in Friday's daf, where we spoke about this concept that a family could have the identity of gerim until the identity of gerus is lost. At what point is the doubt or forgotten? At what point is the identity of Gerus lost? So again, the Yimar posited up until 10 generations. Until the mother is from the Jewish people. In other words, a natural born Jew. Now, as you will say, what this means is until either the mother or the father is a natural born Jew. So I will say, just to consolidate this, the position of Relezer ben Yaakov is that when it comes to Gerim, as long as one of the parents is a natural born Jew, the child is fit for the kahuna. The only challenge you'll run into is if both parents are gerim, then ultimately, again, the child is not permitted to marry into the kahuna. That's the halacha. Or that's what Elizabeth Yaakov. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, Af ger giores bito ksher lekuna. And ultimately, Rabbi Yossi says, even, by, even if both parents are gerim, the offspring is permitted to the kahuna. So, say, so this, is the, this is the major machlokis over here we have. So remember again, just to, just, to, just to focus for a bit. Tanakama, first opinion, the Mishnah tells me that chalolos, chalolos is passed down through the father. So if the father is a chalol, then the daughter, the daughter will not be permitted to marry to the kahuna. If the mother is a chalolah, doesn't get transmitted. That's halacha number one. Now we'll say part two of the Mishnah, part two of the Mishnah was what about gerim? So Rabbi Huda said that essentially ger has the same din as a halal. Same din as a halal. So therefore again, if the father is a ger, then ultimately the daughter can't marry into the kuna. If the mother is a ger, the daughter can marry into the kuna. Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov saying, as long as one of the parents is Jew, was born Jewish, the offspring is totally fine for the kuna, and then the extreme position, Renner's lenient extreme position, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, even if both parents are gerim, the offspring is permitted to marry into the kuna. That's our machlokas. Let's go. Says the Gemara, Maili Olam. Now we'll say, we're focusing now on the first line. The Mishnah said, Bas Chalal Zachar, Olam. The daughter of a male Chalal is prohibited to marry into the kuna forever. The Gemara says, what does that mean forever? I would have thought maybe chalados is like a mitzvah or an adomi. adomi. You know they're allowed to convert, but they are prohibited from marrying into the general marriage pool for three generations. So I would have thought, I would have thought that perhaps maybe a chalal should have the same halacha. Should have the same halacha. Kamashmalan know that a halal ultimately is a genealogical blemish that continues to be passed on generation to generation without pause. Good, says the Mishnah. Says the Gemara. Sorry, Yisrael shenasa halala. So remember again, the next part of the Mishnah was if Yisrael married a halala. So remember again, in that case, the offspring is kosher. Offspring is kosher. Says the Gemara. Minahani mili. So we'll say here's what's interesting. So clearly, what comes out over here is halalos is a genealogical condition passed down through the father not passed down through the mother. So the Gemara says, from where do we know that? So it says over here, ultimately again, his say, we're going to see, this is actually interesting, this phrase, means literally his seed should not be profaned 
in his people. We're going to interpret that phrase a little bit differently in different contexts. The Pasik's talking about over here that if a Kohen is married to someone who he is not permitted to be married to, he is not permitted to become Tame first. So let's say a Kohen marries a Grusha and then his wife dies, he's not permitted to go to that Levayo. So the Gemara says, Just like by the case of Kana, by the Tumah, by Kana, it's talking about men and not by women. Afkan, so to by Chalolos, Zecharim, Velo, Nekevos. Chalolos is only a din, ultimately in men, not in women. And therefore, again, it is only the Chalol who passes down that genealogical reality to his daughter, and a Chalola does not. So the Gemara's Elamiyata, if that's the case, Bito shall coin Gadol Tishtri. Then ultimately, again, the Gemara says the daughter of a coin Gadol should be permitted. Now, which daughter of a coin Gadol? Rashi says over here, Mina Let's say a coin Gadol illegally marries a widow. Illegally marries a widow. So what's Talacha? Perhaps, again, she should be, this girl, this daughter, should be permitted to go ahead and marry into the Kuhuna. After all, Miksiv, Sidimar says, again, if you're telling me that it only, that the, the restrictions or the impact or the, right, the halachos, the strictures of Kuhuna, really only apply to the men, don't apply to the women. So why shouldn't the daughter of a Kohen Gadol be permitted, even if, she, even if her mother was a Grusha? To which the Gemara says, Does it say his son? So the Torah speaks out the concept of his offspring. So you see over here that as much as Chalolos is only passed down through the father, not the mother, other genealogical issues apply to the offspring of a coin. If that's the case, Baspino Tishtri, so ultimately the daughter of a son should be permitted. Sigmar says, Ksiv, lo yichalel zaro. Pasik says, he shall not profane his offspring, his seed. Makish zaro lo. Mahu bito psula. Just like if the coin marries someone he's not allowed to, ultimately his daughter is unfit for the kuhuna. Af bino bito psula kuhuna. So to again, if there's a genealogical blemish like a halalus, that's created, that's passed down through the son. The son's daughter is also not permitted to marry to the kuna. I basbito tisar, so let the daughter of his daughter become a surah as well. If that's the case, what could the gzirah shava do? So this is nukudin number one. And I will say, this is, we'll try to do the halacha lamaisa as we, as we go through the sugya. This is the halacha. The halacha is that halalos, halalos is passed down through the father, not through the mother. So if a halal marries a Yisraelis, which is, by the way, a halal can marry whoever he wants. A male halal can marry whoever he wants, even a Kohanes, even a Kohanes. Just the difference is whoever he marries, that offspring has halalos as well. Now remember, who is that going to impact? It really is only going to impact a daughter because a daughter then can't go ahead and marry a Kohen. But if you have a woman who is a halala, so for example, a Kohen marries a Grusha and they have a daughter, she's a halala, and she marries someone, that offspring does not have chalolos. So chalolos only passed down through the father, not passed down through the mother. But again, I will say, if you have ben achar, ben achar, ben, son after son after son from chalolos, just understand, there's no limitation. In other words, that genealogical issue keeps getting passed down generation after generation. Okay, so let's go back there. So remember again, if a chalol married a basisro, so remember again, you have a boy who's a chalol. Again, let's say his father was a Kohen, his mother was a grusha, and therefore again, he is a chalol. Now he marries a regular Jewish girl, totally permitted. They have a daughter. That daughter is a chalala. 
right, and can't marry into the kahuna. I hot already we already learned this in the beginning of the Mishnah. Bas chadal zachar b'sulim in akuna. We already learned this. It's redundant. You already told me the opening line in the Mishnah is that the daughter of a male chalal ultimately is not permitted to marry into the kuna. So why the need to restate it? To which the Gemara says, you're right. The olam aidi detaner eishi sashin asachalala. Since the reisha opened up with the case of the Israel that married a chalala. So, Mishnaic symmetry. It is redundant, but just to preserve Mishnaic symmetry, the Mishnah stated the case again. Our Mishnah is not like Rabbi Dostai. What did Rabbi Dostai say? Rabbi Dostai ben Yehuda Omer, Kishim Shebene Yisrael Mikvatara Lechalalos, Kach Benos Yisrael Mikvatara Lechalalim. Rabbi Dostai is interesting. Rabbi Dostai says the same way. That Bnei Yisrael are a mikvah, tara lechalalos. In other words, if halacha you have a girl who is a halala, right? So again, remember, Kohen marries a grusha, they, illegal, but, but it works. They have a daughter. That daughter is now a halala. That daughter marries a regular Jewish guy. What's the status of their offspring? Status of their offspring? Totally fine. So Rabbi Dostai says like this, the same way that a regular Jewish guy, so to speak, is a mikvah, right? He's a mikvah. For a chalala, kach benos Yisrael mikvah tara lechalalim. So ultimately, again, benos Yisrael. So, so to again, a regular Jewish woman will also be, so to speak, a mikvah for a chalal. So Rabbi Dostai says, I will say, this works both ways. Essentially, Rabbi Dostai says, as long as the chalala spouse or chalal spouse, whether it's the man or the woman, marries a regular Yisrael or Yisraelis, the resulting offspring is fine. So the most is fine. So we'll say, so our Mishnah clearly doesn't reflect that view, right? Because our Mishnah says the only way it works is if a Chalala marries a Yisrael, then their offspring is fine. But if a Chalal marries a Yisraelis, then ultimately the Chalalas is passed down. So our Mishnah doesn't reflect the view of Rabbi Dostai. By the time of Rabbi Dostai, Rabbi Huda, why does Rabbi Dostai hold that as long as one of the spouses is a Yisrael, then the offspring is totally fine? Amr Kra, Lo yechalel zaro ba'amav. This is interesting. Ba'am echad hu demechol, b'shnei amamin eno mechol. So we'll say this fascinating. Rabbi Dostai's logic is like this. The only time that chalalus gets past Rabbi Dostai posits is when? When both parents are chalalim. Fascinating. If both parents are chalalim, then the offspring becomes a chalal. But ultimately, again, if only one parent is a chalal, then by definition, the other genealogically pure parent ultimately takes care of the offspring and no chalalos is passed down. So we'll say, again, we don't hold the Krabi Dostai, but a fascinating shita just to keep in mind. Incredible. We'll say, I'll just point out also the Lashon over here, of Rabbi Dostai, such a, is such a beautiful Lashon. Shebenei Yisrael, Kishem Shebenei Yisrael, Mikvah Taira Lechalalos. Right, the Lashon, the Lashon that, the Lashon that, Klal uh, Yisrael itself is a mikvah tarah, right? The, the Gemara, Rabbi Dostoy compares the Jewish people to a mikvah. So Rabbi Dostoy said, there's a, there's a beautiful, beautiful insight in the, the Gemara Meseches Yuma, discussing the power of tshuva, says, Ma mikvah metares atmeim, kach ha-kodesh baruch hu metaher The same way that the mikvah purifies, purifies those who sin, so, so too, the Ribbono Shalom is able to purify those who go ahead and sin. I'm sorry, 
just like the mikvah purifies those who are tame, who are ritually impure, so to HaKadosh Baruch who has the ability to go ahead and purify those who sin. And the Mishnah quotes the Pasuk, Mikveh Yisrael Hashem. That the Rebbe Shalom is the mikvah of Klal Yisrael. Hashem is the mikvah of Klal Yisrael. So Rabbi Yisrael of Rajin said, you see two things over here. There are two things, three things that are called the mikvah in this world. A mikvah. A mikvah is a mikvah. Right? Number two. Number two. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a mikvah. And number three. Klal Yisrael is a mikvah. Klal Yisrael is a mikvah. Mikveh Yisrael Hashem. Hashem is a mikvah. Klal Yisrael is a mikvah. So the Rishoner said something so beautiful. The Rishoner said, you know how it works with a mikvah. Right? In order for the mikvah to work, what has to happen? What has to happen? A person has to fully immerse themselves in it. Right? If you just, you know, dip your toe in the mikvah, start the pshat, the tara spreads throughout your body. In order for a mikvah to work, you have to be fully immersed. So the Rabbi Shalabrajina, the Rishoner said, it's the same thing with using HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a mikvah and using Klav Yisrael as a mikvah. If you want the Ribbono Shal Olam to be your mikvah, you have to be all in. You have to be all in. Throw yourself into HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, all in doesn't mean I'm perfect. And all in doesn't mean that I'm always doing what I'm supposed to be, do. But all in means I'm in. I'm in. Ribbono Shal Olam, I'm in. I will say, if you want Klav Yisrael to be your mikvah, then what does that mean? You have to be all in. You have to be all in to Achdos. You have to be all in to your people. You have to be committed to the Am. The good parts of the Am, the not so good parts of the Am. You have to be fully immersed in Kalal Yisrael. In fact, you used to say about the Rishner, that on Simchas Torah, when the Hasidim were dancing, Hasidim were dancing, and they formed a circle around him, they would see the Rishner going like this, going up and down, up and down, up and down. They said, Eva, what are you doing? He said, I am immersing in the mikvah of Klal Yisrael. I'm immersing in the mikvah of Klal Yisrael. They'll say, the mikvah only works if you're all in. If you're all into the water, if you're all into HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if you're all in for Klal Yisrael, then again you get to be zochet to that triple immersion. The immersion of the regular mikvah, the immersion of the Ribbana Shalom, the immersion of Klal Yisrael, but it requires my full commitment to my God and my full commitment to my people. Incredible. Says the Yimartan Rabbanon, Lo yichal el zaro. Buzik says, don't profane your offspring. Ainli el zaro. So I only know that the offspring of a forbidden union ultimately again becomes chalolim. He atzma minai. And I will say, now remember again, there's another piece to this. A coin has, a coin has a child with a grusha. A coin marries a grusha has a child. So I will say, so actually let's use Almana. Almana, ah, uh, yeah, let's use Amana for Kohen Gadol. It's a good example. Right? Amana for Kohen Gadol. So remember again, a Kohen Gadol marries an Amana. Illegal. Illegal. So their offspring is going to be a Halal. But the woman herself, the Halala herself, sorry, the Amana herself is now a Halala. So let's say the Kohen Gadol dies. So technically speaking, an Amana is normally allowed to go ahead and marry a regular Kohen. This woman cannot... Because she herself has become psula as a result of the forbidden union. Where do we know that from? So the says, So the offspring, which didn't do anything wrong, yet it becomes a chalal. He asked Ultimately, she did commit navera. So because she did commit navera, certainly she's going to become a chalala. To which the says, "Well, who asked The coin himself will prove that this is wrong." And we'll say, you know, the coin himself, let's say the coin Godel goes in and marries the Amana. So he himself did the Avera, the Ein Mishchala. Yeah, Rabbi say he doesn't become a Chalal. Now, interestingly enough, when a coin it has, is in the midst or is committed to an illegal marriage, so the Halacha is he's not allowed to do the Avoda 
while he's married, but he does not become permanently disqualified. In other words, should he divorce this woman or should she pass away? He's permitted to resume avoda. To which the Gemara says, That's different because ultimately, again, the Kohen Gadol himself, or excuse any Kohen, doesn't have the ability to be transformed into a Chalal. But a woman herself can become a Chalal. And if you want to say, Amakra, lo yichalal zaro. Bazik says he shall not profane his seed. Lo yichulal zeshahaya kasher v'nischalal. So the Gemara says it means that ultimately, again, who, who could become mechulal? He or she who was kasher and then became a chalal. Mayim nafshchalom. What does it mean the nafshchalomar? Tichitim ikal mifrach. Perhaps you could say you could ask a pircha. Malazarosh kein sirasaba avera. The offspring itself. Maybe it's different. Maybe the offspring is different. Since the offspring itself, the entire creation of the offspring was a ma'isa avera. Amakra lo yichalal. Lo yichulal zeshahaya kasha v'nischalal. So I say this drasha teaches us that the woman herself becomes a halala as a result of the illegal relationship with a Kohen. So lo yichula means she who was kosher can now become profane. Tan Rabbanon, ezohi halala. The both say, what is a halala? Kol shenolda min apsulim. Anyone who is born ultimately again from psulim. Mars is my psulim. What do you mean psulim? Ilem apsulim lo. If you're talking about any woman who is puzzled to the man herself, so what about the fine case? Well, so imagine the fine situation. Reuben is married to Rachel. Reuben is married to Rachel. What happens? They get divorced. Rachel married. Now both say, is a couple permitted to get remarried after they get divorced? Absolutely. But now what happens? Unless he's a Kohen. Right? Now what happens? So now Rachel goes ahead and marries Shimon. Rachel marries Shimon. So what's the halacha? The halacha is now, at that point, if they get divorced, so then, halacha lamaisa, Reuven can't remarry Rachel. They can't remarry. So let's say Reuven does remarry her. So what's the halacha? Haimachse gushaso, depsulalo. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Depsulalo, ultimately again, where she is puzzled to him, ubanek sherim, and ultimately again, in that case, in that case, halacha lamaisa, the offspring is still is still kosher. And Abbas is interesting. So this is a case of an illegal marriage, an illegal marriage, right? Ruvain remarries his divorcee after she was married and divorced from someone else. That's an illegal marriage. Then ultimately again she's puzzled to him, but Allah said the offspring are kosher. The offspring are kosher. So you see, not every marriage, not every illegal marriage creates halalim, dikhsiv. The relationship is a toeva, but the offspring are not. Amrav Yehuda Halikam Razul means to say, What is the case of a chalala? Any, any offspring that was born as a result of an illegal marriage. So I will say, so anytime you have illegality in, in a marriage to a coin, that produces chalalos. The Yimar says, Lo noldalo. It's only if Narbos say, now here's what's interesting. So apparently the only time that halalos takes place is when, when, when there was offspring. If there was no offspring, no halalos. I hari amana ugrusha, zona, tilo nolda vekahadi halala. Narbos say, what about all the cases? Ultimately, again, if a coin, if a coin or a coin gadol marries someone who is illegal, right, that woman becomes a halala herself. Even though, again, there's no offspring. Amarava, this one means to say, hari kamar, ezo halala muskeres. What's the case of Chalala Rabosai that the Torah makes reference to of a person who was never genealogically fit, 
This refers to someone who was born ultimately again from a union of Psula Kahuna. Fine. My Muscaris. So what does it mean? What is Lashem Muscaris was mentioned? We'll say, what is the paradigmatic case of biblical Chalala that is mentioned in the Torah and does not need any, any rabbinic explanations? Kol Shinelda Min Psula Kahuna. All right, so we'll say it's interesting. After all of this discussion regarding Chalalos, what's now happening is the Gemara giving us a definition. Right? What is the definition of Chalal or Chalala? The definition, the biblical definition of Chalala is any time a child is born of a union prohibited to the Kohen, ultimately, again, that offspring is a Chalal. That's it, or Chalala. Fine. Tanra Abanon. Amana. So I'll say the Gemara says, Amana. Uh, uh, sorry, actually, before we go on to this, we'll say, so therefore, ju- just to be clear on what we have, remember, as I mentioned before, so we are going with the idea, we are going with the idea that, let me read it to you, that, that, so remember, if you have two halalim, just to, just to clarify, if you have two halalim marrying each other, then obviously, their offspring are going to be halalim. Right and all, and, and remember the chalolos the chalolos genealogical blemish passes down generation after generation, right? This is true also. Furthermore, again, if you have a chalol who married a Yisraelis, ultimately again chalolos is passed down through the father. But if you have a Yisrael who marries a chalolo, that chalolos is not passed down. It's not passed down. Good. So the Gemara goes right there. Um, fine, that's it. We're just restating the halacha as we knew it. What's the interesting case here? Amona, amona, amona. Eno chayv ela achas. So we'll say, if a coin, now it's not immediately clear what this case is, but literally what it sounds like saying, coin gadol has relations with an amona, an amona, and an amona. Okay. Eno chayv ela achas. He's only chayv once. I will have to see the case. Grusha, grusha, grusha. He has relations with a grusha, 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 busy day. Eno chayiv achas. Right? Ultimately, again, he's only chayiv, only chayiv once. All right. So we'll say, so let's see what this means. Amana grusha vechalala, zona. Okay? He has relations with an amana, a grusha, a chalala, and a zona. Bizman shem keseder, if it follows that order, chayiv alkal achas vachas. Then it'll be chayiv for every single one. Right? Zinsa benis chalala benis garsha benis armala eno chayev ela achos. So I will say. So here's what's interesting. That last case of amona grusha chalala zona, the Gemara seems to indicating is talking about one woman, one woman who has all of these identities. So if she has the identities in that order, she acquires the identities in that order, and he has relations with her, then ultimately again he's going to be chayev for each and every infraction. If, however, again, zinsa bin ischala bin iskarsha bin ischarmala, but I will say, if halacha l'maysa, she acquired the identities in a different order, enu chayv ala'achas. She's only chayv once. Okay, so let's analyze this. Amar bar. So we'll say, let's go, for the first, let's go through the first case. Amona, 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 enu chayv ala'achas. So the Amar says, hai amona, what, what are we talking about over here? Ilema sheba ala amonas ruvein va ala amonas shimin va ala amonas levi. So if we're talking about where the Kohenadol literally had relations, with three different women, right? Three amonas, three distinct amonas. Amai eno chayv ala achas. We'll say why would he be chayv? Why would he be chayv only once on the days? Harei gufen mechulakim. 
Let's say these are three different women. And if there are three different women, then ultimately, again, then obviously, there should be three distinct levels of liability. To which the Lord says, Ella, Sheba ala mona achas shalosh bios. Rather, I will say what it must mean is, it's the same amana, same amana, same amana, same widow. He had relations with her three times. So the Gemara says, okay, well, what's the case? Hey, Gidami, Idolo Asrube, if at the end of the day there was no Hasra, right? If there's no Hasra, so Pshita Deino Chayval Achas. Well, say, in other words, if he only got Hasra once, right? Or let's say, and there was no Hasra, so of course there'll only be one liability. In other words, if there's no Hasra, technically speaking, there's no liability. What the Gemara is saying is, assuming there's only one Hasra, ultimately, again, you're only Chayib once. Elo da Asrube Akol Chada Vachada. Rather, it must be say what? They gave him Asra before every act. If that's the case, Amai eno chayiv ala achos. Shabbos say, why should he only be chayiv once? If you received Hasra before every single act, then halacha lamaisa, then halacha lamaisa, you should be chayiv for everyone. Vatanan, we learned, Nazir shaya shosi yayin kola yom kulo. If a Nazir was drinking wine the entire day, eno chayiv ala achos. Ultimately, again, he is only chayiv once. So we'll say, if they warn him before each and every act, then he's chayiv for each time. So, so again, even if it's the same woman that Queen God is having relations with, but if he receives Hasra before every act, why would he not be chayiv for each individual act? To which the Gemara says, Interesting, I will say. It's the same woman who was married to three different men. Right? So we'll call her Rachel. Rachel was married to Ruben. Ruben died. Rachel was married to Shimon. Shimon died. And Rachel was married to Levi. Levi died. So she's an Ammana. Interesting, she's an Ammana from three different marriages. So the Gemara says, and now Kohen Gadol has relations with her. So Madhusim, what would you have thought? You might have thought, listen, maybe it should be Chayev three times. Why? Why? I will say why. Because she has three distinct widow identities. Right? A, of Ru- a widow of Ruvain, a Ruvain of Shimon, a Ruvain of Levi. So I might have thought, therefore, because she has three distinct widow, widow identities, therefore, you should be chayev three times. Well, so the only time that a coin is going to be chayev for distinct liabilities is one of two cases. Either if it's three different widows or, or if it's three different acts and he received hasra for each individual act. But if halacha lamaisa, he has relations with one woman who was widowed three times, that's only considered to be one act of, you know, of, of illegal relations, and therefore he's only chayev once. Incredible. Amana grusha halala zona. So listen, now watch this. What happens? Well, it's the same woman, right? So Rachel, Rachel is an amana. She's a divorcee. She's a halala, and she's a zona. Now, remember again, how do you get the identity of a zona? Remember again, zona is a specific halakhic definition. Zona is a woman who has relations with someone whom she cannot marry, who she can't affect kiddushin with. So, it could be something as dramatic as having relations with her brother, right? Or it could be something like having relations with a non-Jew. Right, where halacha, right? Remember again, because you cannot affect kibushin with a non-Jew, so therefore that bia, that bia would make her a zona. So the Gemara says, now watch this. So the Gemara says, Haitana Maikasara. Now both say, now remember again, there, what the Gemara, now in that case, we'll say, remember again, what the, what the Brahsa said was like this. If halacha la 
she acquired the identities in that order. She first became an Amana, then a Grusha, then a Chalala, and then a Zona. That's the way it's spelled out in the Torah. But so I remember again, these are all women that a Kohen cannot marry. Kohen Gadol can't marry. Right? So all men are Kohen Gadol. So again, if she acquires it in that order, then Einachinami, one Bia, will generate all of this liability. If, however, she acquires the identities not in this order, then you'll only be Chayib one. So we'll say that's analyzed. So Amona, Grusha, Chalala, Zona. So we'll say, now, what's fascinating is there's this possibility, according to the Raisa, that for one act of Bia, the coin is going to be Chayib for all of these things, having relations with an Amona, uh, in the order, Grusha, Chalala, Zona. So what's the Pshat? So Haitana Makasavar, Ikasavar, Isr, Chalal, Isr, and we'll say, if he holds, and this, we've seen these concepts before, we'll say, Isr Chalal Isr means, if something is Asr, can another layer of Isr devolve upon it? So that's the Machlokis. Isr Chalal Isr, in Isr Chalal Isr. So the Mara says, if he holds Isr Chalal Isr, Ipchanami. So we'll say, if you hold Isr Chalal Isr, that literally, again, one prohibition could devolve upon another prohibition, then who cares what order she acquired these identities in? In other words, again, what does it matter? Amana, Grusha, Chalala, Zona, or Zona, Chalala, Grusha, Amana, who cares? One Isra could develop upon another, therefore she be Chayiv. So the Gemara says, the Ikasavar in Isra, Chalala, Isra, and if you hold that one Isra cannot develop upon a pre existing layer of Isra, if that's the case of Osai, then again, one Isra can never develop upon another. In which case, the most you could be liable for is what? One of these prohibited identities. Amar Rabba, so what's the case? Amar Rabba, Hai Tana Savar Iser Chal Al Iser. I'm sorry, Hai Tana Savar, Hai Tana Iser Chal Al Iser Lesley. Say no, Kanami, you're right. Our Tana holds Rabba say that in general, Ain Iser Chal Al Iser. Once you have an existing level of Iser, another level of Iser cannot go ahead and be superimposed on top of it. But what does he hold? Listen to this. Isr Mosif Islay. Fascinating, I'm saying. So we, we've seen this before. So it could be that in general a person holds it ain't Isr Chalal Isr. Now, I'm saying, let me go back for a second. If you hold Isr Chalal Isr, which means a new layer of Isr could go ahead and devolve upon a pre existing layer of Isr. If you hold that, it doesn't really matter what kind of Isr Isr A is or Isr B is or Isr C is, they just keep, stop, they just keep piling up on each other. If you hold ain't Isr Chalal Isr, then in general, one Isser could not devolve upon a pre-existing level of Isser. There might be an exception to this rule, which is when the second Isser is what we call an Isser Mosif. Isser Mosif means the second Isser is broader, is broader, includes something that the first one does not. So sometimes, even if you hold Ein Isser Chal Al Isser, but if the second Isser is an Isser Mosif, it adds on something, it's broader than the first then Einachinami could devolve even upon the first. So the Gemara says, therefore, watch this. Almana, Asur lekoin gadol, Vishayr lekoin hedyo. Now, we'll say, now watch this. So therefore, if you have a woman who's an Almana, remember again, Almana is, pro, is, pro, is prohibited to a coin gadol, but permitted to a regular hedyot. Now, we'll say, now watch this. Havile Grusha, so therefore, we'll say, if the same woman now becomes a Grusha, so remember, Grusha, we'll say, is what? It's an Isramosif. Why is it an Isramosif? Why is it an Isramosif? Because a grusha is not only prohibited to a coin god, but also prohibited to a regular coin as well. So I will say, therefore, you would say, Miga di tosif la isur la gabi coin hedyot, i tosif la isur la gabi coin godol. We'll say, then we would say the same way that that is a broader isur. Why? 
because it applies now to a coin head yot. So the same way that the Isra expands for a coin head yot, it'll also expand for a coin gadol. There was an interesting enough. This woman is still permitted to go and eat truma if she's a, if she's a, if she is either ultimately again if she is either if she doesn't have children, right? So the Gemara says Have they chalala? Now we'll say if she becomes a chalala, then we could say Migo de Tosef Yisrael Lamechal Betruma Itosef Yisrael Lagabe Coin Gadol. Now we'll say now you could say, but if she becomes a chalala, chalala can't be truma. A further expansion of an iser. So it's in the same way that the iser expanded for the coin gadol, it also expands. Elazona, my Isr Moses. So we'll say, see what's happening over here? You see, if you hold Isr Chal al Isr, that one Isr could devolve upon another Isr, then the way in which she gets these identities doesn't make a difference because one could always devolve upon the other. However, if you hold a Isr Chal al Isr, if you hold one Isr does not devolve upon another Isr, then the only way for one Isr to devolve upon another Isr is how? Is if the secondary Isr is what we call an Isr Mosif. It's broader in scope than the previous one. So now the order makes sense. If the woman starts out as an Amana, Amana is only, is only a problem to a coin Gadol. If she then becomes a Grusha, so now what happens? Grusha will say, expansion, bless you, right? Expansion, expansion, what's the expansion? It now applies to a coin Hedyo. Well, once it expands for a coin Hedyo, it also expands for a coin Gadol. Then if she becomes a Halala, that's a further expansion. Why? Because now as a Halala, she can't eat Truma. So the Isra has expanded. If it's expanded again for Truma, it's also expanded for Kohen Gadol. The problem is when we get to Zona, what's the expansion of Zona? El Zona, my Isra, Mosef, Isla, Isba, Amravchana, Amravchana, Baravkatino, Hol V'Shem, Znus, Posa, V'Yisrael. Alright, let's listen to this. When a woman becomes a Zona, Rabbi Zona is not only an issue vis-a-vis Kohuna, but Zona is also an issue vis-a-vis a Yisrael. A Yisrael will say, right? A Yisrael would also have an issue ultimately again marrying a Zona. So that makes it a Yisrael Mosif. Now again, once it's Mosif, once it broadens its reach in Yisrael, it ultimately will devolve upon the coin Gadol as well. Incredible, incredible. So Tani Tana Kamidra of Shesha. It's say first one line. Kol shehu biyikach, harihu belo yikach. Kol sheheno biyikach, eno belo yikach. So I'll say, what's the Allah over here? So the Gemara says like this, any, any, any time, any time that a, a person is obligated or is bound by Yikach. Now we'll say, the Yikach that they're referring to over here is who Isha Bifsula Yikach. Right? Whenever ultimately, again, is a, a, pers- a coin, a coin Gadol, whenever a person is obligated to marry a Bifsula, which is only refers to a coin Gadol, he is subject to Lo Yikach. He's subject to, the, again, these prohibitions of not taking an Amana, a Grusha, a Halala, and a Zona. And whoever ultimately, again, is not subject to Yikach, ultimately, again, Sigmar's, I'm sorry, the Choshe Eno Yikach, Eno Eno Belo Yikach, Prat, Le Kohen Gadol Sheba Alachoso. So, Achoso Amana. So, what does this come to exclude? This comes to exclude a Kohen Gadol who has relations with his sister who is an Amana. I will say, now, what does that mean? So, you might have thought that maybe there's liability for the fact that she's an Amana. No, because since Halacha Lamaisa, she was never in the parasha ultimately of being able to become a wife to the Kohen Gadol, because it's his sister. Therefore, she's also not subject to the prohibition of Amana. Okay, again, you still have the little issue of, of Arias, right? But Lamaisa, there's not a problem of Amana. Amalei, the Amr, Sligmar says, Amalei, the Amr Lachmani, who's the thing? Is this Rabbi Shimini, the Amr, Ain Isr Chalal Isr. Now, we'll say, this must be the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, because Rabbi Shimon holds, ain't Isra Chalal Isra, right? Because again, if, in other words, 
with the Gemara saying over here is that halacha lamaisa, there is no prohibition of almana because she is already prohibited ultimately as his sister. This obviously reflects the view of Rabbi Shimon that one iser cannot devolve upon another iser. This Sanyo. Rabbi Shimon says, Because it's fascinating. Rabbi Shimon holds, if you eat an Avela, remember again, what's an Avela? The Avela is an animal that died without Shechita. If you eat an Avela on Yom Kippur, Rabbi Shimon says, You're Potter. They will say, Why are you Potter? Why are you Potter? You're not going to be liable for Yom Kippur consumption. Why? Because the item that you ate was already prohibited to you beforehand. Since it was prohibited to you as a Nevela, so therefore the prohibition of Yom Kippur does not devolve upon this Nevela. Ein Iser Chal Al Iser. One prohibition cannot devolve upon a pre-existing condition. Incredible. The Rabbanon, because going to Rabbanon Ha'amri, Iser Chal Al Iser. The Rabbanon say, no, one Iser could devolve upon another Iser, and therefore if you eat a Nevela on Yom Kippur, you'll be Chayev ultimately again for Nevela and for consumption on Yom Kippur. To which the Imara says, no, no, no. I feel the Pema Rabbanon. He didn't need the Rabbanon. How so? Ki Ami Rabbanon Iser Chal Al Iser. When did the Rabbanon say that one Iser can be Chal another Iser? Hanim Ili Iser Chamra Iser Kal. So we'll say, here's what's interesting. Every, it seems to be, the way this works is like this. Even if you subscribe to the concept of Ein Iser Chal Al Iser, that one level of Iser could devolve upon a pre-existing level of Iser, everyone agrees, the second Iser has to have something unique. Right? There has to be something more. So for example, the Rabbanon who hold Iser Chalal Iser, when is that so? That's only ultimately, again, Hani Mili Iser Chamer. That's only if the second Iser is more Chamer than the first. Aval Iser Kal. But Rabbanon say, if the second Iser is the more lenient Iser, then ultimately, again, Aval Iser Kal. Sorry. Aval Iser Kal, Al Iser Chamer, Lo Chayo. It won't work. Ike Da'amri, others explain. Da'amri Hamani Rabbanonu. Whose opinion is this? It's Rabbanon. Da'amri Iser Chal Al Iser. Iser Chal. Bechi Amri Rabbanon Iser Chal Al Iser. Hani Mili Iser Chamer Al Iser Kal. And what's even Rabbanon? When did Rabbanon hold the Iser Chal Al Iser? That's only ultimately when? When the second Iser is more Chamer. So we'll say, see, see what's happening? There's something very interesting. That, well, let's finish. Aval Iser Chal Al Iser Chamer Lo Chayo. Ultimately, it goes, we'll say, if you have a secondary lenient Iser, that is not going to be chal on a more on a more chamer primary iser. The Rabbi Shimon, because if it's Rabbi Shimon, iser the Gemara says hashta iser chamer iser kal lo chayo. According to Rabbi Shimon, about say ain iser chal al iser. So even an iser chamer is not going to be chal on an iser kal. So the Gemara says iser kal iser kamar mi boy. Then certainly an iser kal is not going to devolve upon an iser chamer. So what would you have thought? Mal the tema. I would have thought maybe iser kuhuna sheni. Maybe the kuhuna is different. And I will say, maybe by kahuna, if you hold Iser Chalal Iser, maybe even an Iser Kal, a more lenient Iser, could devolve upon a more Chamer Iser. Kamash Mola, no, it doesn't work that way. So I will say, I just want to point this out very interesting to you. So just, so just to keep this in mind, there is, what we're left with over here is a general machlokas about Iser Chalal Iser. Right? Can one level of Iser devolve upon a pre-existing layer of prohibition? And this could have so many different ramifications. So there's a machlokas. There's a machlokas. There's an opinion that says yes, an opinion that says no. And here's what's interesting. Even in the opinion of Jose that says, that says yes, everyone agrees that that second iser has to bring something additional to the table. Something additional to the table. So whether, whether, it's, that, whether it's that the secondary iser is more chamer, 
or maybe the secondary iser is broader, but it's got to bring something else to the table. Now, the interesting thing might be that even according to the opinion that says that ain iser halal iser, that opinion might also agree in the case of what? Iser mosif. Right in a broader iser, okay. Just, just to keep in mind, again, we're not coming to a conclusion in this machlokes. We're just kind of, we're just kind of plowing through it a little bit. So we'll say, let's go weiter. Let's go weiter. Interesting case here. Uh, good. Kamashon good. Amalei Rapapa Labai. Listen to this case. Yisrael Habalacho. So Yisrael has relations with his sister. I but say you, you know that we've been doing this for a while. When just like the cases of incest are just the straightforward cases, right? So straightforward cases, right? So this is no other complications over here, right? Just, just, just Yisrael haba alachoso, right? So Yisrael has relations with his sister. Sazona mashvila, chalala mashvila algo mashvila. So say, here's what I know. Now you say, let's go back to what we said before. What's the result of that act? So, so leaving aside the liability, what's the status ramification of that act? So now the sister is a zona. We'll say, remember again, what did we say before? What did we say before? What's the definition of a zona? Anytime a woman has relations with a man with whom she cannot marry, she becomes a halachic zona. That's, that's the technical, right? we, we, we think of zona much more as like a descriptive term of, a, of an immoral woman. But that's not halachic, that's, um, that, that could be it also. Right? But Lamaise said in halacha, it's a technical category that refers to a woman who had relations with someone whom she cannot marry. So therefore, again, Ruvain has relations with his sister Rachel. Ultimately, again, she is now a zona. What's the shaila? Does he make her into a halala as well? Interesting. Is she a halala? Right? Chalala mashri, Allah mashri la. So, mi arminan, kavachor mechavi lavin. So, I'm sorry, mi arminan, kavachor mechavi lavin, havi chalala, mechavi pieces la koshkin. And I will say, we can say like this. Remember, how does a woman generally become a chalala? How does it work? How does it work, I will say? So, from a lav, a kohen marries a grusha. That's a lav. So, if a relationship punishable by a lav creates a chalala, then I will say, all the more so what? All the more so, a relationship punishable by kares. Right, incest punishable by kares should certainly create chalalos. Odama, ain chalala elami iser kuhuna. Maybe not. We'll say maybe chalala only comes from kuhuna. Right? Sometimes we'll say the only way to create the chalal is how is how if there's a coin involved. If there's no coin involved, you can't create chalalos. Amrale ain is chalala elami iser kuhuna bilba. So he answered, no. The halacha is that there is no chalalos except from kuhuna. So that, that is going to be the rule. Only a Kohen could create a Chalal. Again, no matter how terrible the prohibition is, even the Isra Kares does not create Chalal. That's incredible. How do I know that? How do I know that Chalalos only comes from Kuhuna? That has to be a Kohen involved. Where do I get that from? The Sanya, Lo Yomar Grusha Bekoin Gadol, Vitisi Bekavachom Mekoin Hedyot. The Torah did not have to state the prohibition of Grusha by Kohen Gadol. And I would have learned it out from a Kavachomer, from a Kohen Hedyot. And I would have said, Hashtra the Kohen Hedyot, Asura the Kohen Gadol boy. So I will say, again, if the Torah, remember, all the Torah needed to do was to state the prohibition of Grusha when it comes to a Kohen Hedyot. And I would have said that what? If a Grusha is Asura to a Kohen Hedyot, then what? Then what? She's certainly Asura to a Kohen Gadol. So Lama Nebra. So we'll say, so why does the Torah go ahead and say, why, do, why does the Pasuk say the prohibition of a grusha to a coin goggle as well? Keshem shechaluka grusha mizona the halala, the coin hadyot. 
They teach me the same way that ultimately, again, Shkein Shechaluka, Grusha, Mizona, Bechalal, 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 the senior Rabbi will say that ultimately, again, there are separate prohibitions. Separate prohibitions. Ultimately, again, from a Grusha, to a, a, I'm sorry, from a Grusha, Zona, and Chalala, Bechalal, Bechalal, so too they are separate prohibitions by a coin gadol as well. Take a look at Rashi for just a moment. What's the first white line? Hamuros it's a coin head yot. to teach us that if one woman has all of these identities. Ultimately, and the coin has relations with her. He's chayef for each and every one of the prohibited identities. So too, again, by coin by Gadol as well. Kachaluka by coin Gadol. Twitch the says, Pshita. Well, so that's obvious. Whatever is going to be true by a coin hedyot is certainly going to be true by a coin Gadol. So the Gemara says, Mikra Gara. Would a coin Gadol be any worse than a coin hedyot? Ela kishim shechaluka grusha mizona v'chalala v'koin hedyot. Kach amona chaluka migrusha v'chalala v'zona v'koin Gadol. To which it's the same way that these identities are separate and distinct by a coin hadyot, they're also separate and distinct by coin gadol. Lama Namra. So the Gemara says, Lama Namra. In Chalala, Ela mi Isra Kuhuna. So we'll say, so, so the Gemara says, so what? So I'm sorry. Chalala, Lama Namra. So we'll say, Salach Lamaisa. What the Gemara is essentially asking is like this. If we already know whatever applies to a coin hadyot is going to apply to a coin gadol, so why the need to restate the prohibitions? To which the Umar says to teach us the following. Just the following. Chalala lamanemra, ein chalala elami israkuna. So we'll say the restating of each of these things by the coin gadol is there to teach us an important lesson. So what does the restating of chalala teach me? That chalala is only the result of a kohen involved in the relationship. Zona lamanemra, why does it say zona? Nemra kan zona benemra lahalan zona, makan zarochulin, afkan zarochulin. Both say to teach us that the offspring with the zona, ultimately, again, the offspring, halacha is going to be chulin. Again, the offspring is not damaged through the, through the relationship. It's chulin. It's chulin. Right? It's chulin. In other words, it's chalalos, but it's chulin. In other words, there's no mamzeros. Amravashi hilchach, koina balachoso, tap of ayin ches, zona mashvila, chalala lo mashvila. Therefore, both say halacha going back to our original question. When a coin has relations with his sister, ultimately, again, he makes her into a zona, but ultimately, again, not a chalala. Chazar uba'aleha, if he has relations with her again, then asa chalala. Ultimately, I will say, in that case, in that case, halacha lamaisa, he would go ahead and make her into a chalala. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, chazar uba'aleha, hu a coin acher, asa chalala, shirasula mishum zona, so we'll say, so now watch this, something very interesting happens. So, halacha lamaisa, what the Gemara is suggesting over here is as follows. So let's go back. Let's take a step back for just a second. Right? So now remember, how do we get into this? We got into this by, by with the question of, if a man has relations with his sister, what's the impact of that prohibited act? So first of all, again, what we see is, he makes her into a zona. What doesn't he make her into? What doesn't he make her into? A chalala. Why not? We'll say, that's the whole point is, why not? Because Chalalos, good morning, Chalalos is only created ultimately again through Kohanic involvement in a relationship. There's no such thing as Chalalos without Kohuna. So if a Kohen's involved, then ultimately again a Kohen could make her into a Chalala. A Yisrael by himself, right? even, even a, 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 an Esar Krisos, an Esar Kares, ultimately again cannot create a Chalala. 
They're all saying, what's interesting over here is now the corollary to that case is, if a Kohen has relations with his sister, then I will say, what does he do? He makes her into a zona. He makes her into a zona. Right? Ultimately, again, I will say, so that, so that, the logic over there is, because remember, the prohibition of sister is a much more hummer, hummer prohibition. And that's why we look at that act of relations ultimately through that lens. So he makes her into a zona. And I will say, banana halala. Now, again, now that she's a zona, we'll say now if she's a zona, if now a Kohen were to have relations with her, right, either that same Kohen, her brother, or another Kohen, then that second act of relations ultimately would make her into a halal. Okay, just, an, just an interesting, interesting idea. So we'll, say, we'll stop over here for today. So again, what do we come out with? Like, whoa, I don't know. Right, 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 what, what do we come out with? So, we'll say, so let's go back to, to the halachas that we learned. So first of all, we learned a couple of, we didn't get to the gerus, so just the gerus, so just the merit, I'm going to be tomorrow. But what we did get to, say, are a couple of really very interesting and important halachas. Namely, number one, number one, that halalos, let's work backwards. Halalos is only created when you have a coin involved in the picture. So again, no matter how severe the, pro, the, the illegality of a relationship, it cannot create, it cannot create halalos if there is no coin. So even in a case of incest, halalos, again, the woman will become a zona, but she can't become a halalo. Halalos requires Kohanic involvement. Now what, now what happens with halalos? Shabbos says, remember again, if you have a milk, if you have a, if you have a Kohen who creates a halal, so halalos is passed down forever. So therefore, again, if halal, Ruvain, Kohen, marries Rachel, the Grusha, they have a son, that son is a halal, that halalos gets passed down. Halalos gets passed down. Now when does halalos get passed down? When it's the father who's a halal. Then that keeps getting transmitted. What happens if the mother is a halala? So if the mother is a halala, then halala again, if she marries a regular Yisra, now if the mother is a halala and she marries a halala, then the halalos gets passed down. But if halala the mother is a halala and she marries a regular Yisra, then what? Then ultimately again it ends. Remember again, marrying Yisra, that's the mikvah tara. That's the mikvah tara. So again, if both parents are halala, then it gets passed down. Father is a halal gets passed down, but if mother is a halal and you, but the father is Yisrael, the halalos stops. Elosai, tremendous. Shkoyach will stop over for today. All right, Chevron Zoom. Have a good day, everyone. Shkoyach, everyone.